0: Red, Blue, Black, Silver, and Hurt Benham IV, who did our set here, go a lot of Thanks very much. you going to hear a lot of Red, Blue, Black, Silver over the course of the show tonight. I've got him in the uh, computer networks now, too. So. Well, is. Night, and that's kind of a relief. How is it out there? How do you pronounce that? Yes, so, finally, it's the time at night when you can go outside and you can touch things again without gloves. That's a real nice. You leave your Chihuahua outside the Circle K, and it won't melt into the asphalt around that half-dead saguaro cactus up there. My uh, my uncle in Phoenix had Chihuahuas his whole adult life. It's kind of a desert thing, and. uh, And when I lived in Phoenix as a kid in the 70s, my dad as well, my my father, he had a thing for chihuahuas. And they were twins, and I started to think this is a genetic thing. But slowly I realized that people in the desert like to keep chihuahuas. They especially like those... Genetic accident, mongrel, like wiener dog, chihuahuas. And they live in 20, 25, 35 years. (laughs) Like a parrot. They're just as mean. So, when I was growing up, was hanging out with my uncle in Phoenix one beautiful July, and I said, "Look, beyond the obvious, and the obvious for him is he taught his last Chihuahua. He had two or three over 40, 45 years. And he taught it to run into the corner and stand up on his head, and he'd give it a little bite of a uh, rolled taco." But I asked him, I said, Don, why do you keep those awful dogs? And he said, Well, Ken. I keep them because they don't give one damn if it's 120 degrees outside. But sure enough they don't. It can be 110, 120. And the Chihuahuas are, are weirdly active. They don't care. No. It was in the late 1700s when the, the dog breeding people first noticed the Chihuahua in the state of Chihuahua in Mexico. They saw them running out among the cactus and the other. Uh, no, they, they're not natives. They, they, uh, they have only four percent of their original DNA. Their DNA from the dog set came mostly across the, the land bridge, the Bering land bridge. They may have come over in boats as well. But by the time by the time we reach the point in history where we've got a catastrophic climate change but we can all get DNA tests on our dogs. Which is now. It was discovered that over the centuries, since European contact, the contact's a nice word, that they lost 96% of their original DNA, but they kept their meanness. They kept their size, they kept their longevity. So welcome to 29 Palms. 29 Palms is a long-term U.S. government science experiment. For 50 years now, we've been taking young hillbilly kids from like upstate New York, or the Ohio Valley, or wherever, and we put them out on this make-believe war base south, north of here, just to see what happens. Put them out here in July just in case. I think we're out of countries to use that environment on right now, but it's still here. It's an important part of our economy. It's why a lot of people settled here. It's why a lot of people fell in love with the desert. It usually happens, like, in December. (laughs) And this time of year, people coming around who haven't been here Think? Well, it's it's different. Uh, People seem to have a lot of cars on the property, (laughs) which is unfair to the desert because in the desert, all is laid bare, all is revealed. We don't have ground cover. We don't have trees. We don't have things to hide the 14 cars for residence. (laughs) 13 of them haven't runs this century. (laughs) But some people fall for it. Some people decide, this is for me. It turns out a lot of the things that you worry about when you come to the desert, the dramatic stuff is not really the stuff you have to worry about. Now and then a tourist disappears. Now and then an innocent two-year-old child is pulled from the side of the campfire and beheaded and eaten by the other But these are are outliers. (laughs) For the most part, the things we have to remember are, go get your moles checked. Desert residents know this. I've been to dinner parties where respectable people go into deep, half-hour medically explicit conversations about getting their moles removed you got to get that checked. And all the dermatologists are plastic surgeons, too, if you have the money. So, so yeah, no skin cancer this time, but uh, the sun's kind of done a number on you, hasn't it? I can fix that if you got the money or the credit. Palm Springs is full of them. A lot of us also end up seeing allergists. Now I lived in this area for about a dozen years before I realized I think there's something in the eighty mile an hour constant wind full of toxins <laughs> and dust just not working all right with me in my middle age. So I do see the allergist and they uh, they test you. You know they poison you with all these different things, and it turns out I'm allergic to everything. Western juniper, yeah, that well took two weeks to go away. Russian thistle, what some people foolishly call tumbleweed, yeah, not good for you. But in a way, it's better than the normal doctors you have, say, in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, the normal doctor is a therapist. A therapist is a special kind of doctor that can help you in any way if you get hurt or sick. (laughs) Now, maybe they could call 911 if you're choking on a breath match or something. And maybe when the cop shows up, he'll just shoot your chihuahua. (laughs) It could work out. The way things are out here, with the topography especially, you tend to be able to see everything that's on somebody's five acre parcel from about a half mile away. You count all the cars, the cargo containers, the old school bus, And then one day, it's all gone, because the Airbnb real estate speculator got here. No, Mr. Tommy's gone. They haul off the 14 cars, they haul off the school bus, the storage containers, they throw a coat of paint on the cabin, they sweep out the larger black widows and scorpions. if you live out here or visit. Then they take two pieces of corrugated tin and they tack them up vertically on either side of the driveway like on some two-by-fours and some readiness. And now it's no longer Mr. Timmy's where now it's an Airbnb called Radweed Manor. $300 a night. Last as we heard from Mr. Jimmy, he was in Cayman, Arizona. He wanted to go to Bullhead City, but he got priced out. So it's one of the things we're dealing with in this place. It's nice to have an economy for once other than the Marine Base. But it'd be nice to have an economy where the people who've been here for a long time can stay, too. So it's not quite figured out yet. It kind of goes from town to town. Yucca Valley has a vacation rental ordinance. San Bernardino County is a funny thing about San Bernardino County. San Bernardino County had never heard of the Morongo Basin until about 2018 when one of the county supervisors before he went to prison, because that's what happens with all of them, <laughs> and his stepdaughter said, hey, I saw on Instagram that there's all these cool places up there. We got to go up there and check that place out. So we're starting to get some regulations in that to But when the fad goes, and the fad will go, I think another five or six of these heat belts should do it. People start thinking of the high desert like they thought of Newark in 1969. Uh, Points of strife and weirdness. But we like it weird. We like the strife in small doses and we get used to things we get used to putting on oven mitts before we go out to open the car door <laughs> to shake out the centipedes first You know, we learned to hydrate, it took me until about 45 until somebody said you know hydrating doesn't mean 9 years <laughs> and yet a lot of old-time desert explorers will tell you, when you drove around any sparsely populated desert place, you always kept a big ice chest of cold beer floating in that five-pound bag of ice you got away back. In that way, when you're going by some miners' cabin, and you see the black flap kind of lift up over the window and one BDI eye barrel of a shotgun. You say, howdy neighbor, how about a cold beer? That has diffused more desert situations for four-wheel drive and backcountry travelers than probably anything else. And there's still a few of them out there. Not quite like it was, say, in East Mojave National Scenic Area in the 1980s, when there were still a number of artists and oddballs and stuff living within what we now call Mojave National Preserve. They're all gone now. Most of them supported it becoming Mojave National Preserve. Some neighbors I had in Joshua Tree were instrumental in getting the Mojave, Eastern Mojave National Scenic Area converted into a part of the national park system. The Hughes and the woman did not want to move to the desert unless she was allowed to grow some pine trees to remind her of nicer climates. So around there, Acre and Joshua Tree About a quarter of it was a little pine tree forest. But she and her husband went to Washington in the mid-1990s and sort of sealed the deal to turn this place that was public land already, so nobody losing any land or anything, from Bureau of Land Management Control to national Park System. Congressman down in Palm Springs decided we should still be able to hunt deer there two weeks a year, so it's called Mojave National Preserve instead of park. If you've wondered why one unit of the National Park System is called Preserve, thank you, Representative Jerry Lewis of uh, the Low Desert. Conservancy just announced they had completed a uh, hundred thousand acres of protected Mojave Desert. Now, God bless them for that, because they started the year I moved to this area in 2009 to get a hundred thousand acres. Now, mind you, it, each acre wasn't separate. A lot of them were hundreds. A few were thousands. But there were lots of little in holdings in Joshua Tree Park. Not that anybody was out there, it's just they fell through the cracks over the years. So it takes a lot of work to find the heirs to, oh, I don't know, four acres with no water and no road in. To a little place up in the mountains of our one-time National Monument and now our Joshua Tree National Park. So remember your oven mitts in the daytime. Remember to hydrate, not all beer. Don't go out in the sun between approximately March and October, and you'll be real fine. Flash floods in the desert. Urban flooding from northern Europe to the Great Lakes to northern China. Half the USA under wildfire smoke from the Pacific Northwest. We got heat domes, we got mega-droughts, we got Delta variants, about a dozen countries in the process of something like revolution or collapse, Myanmar, South Africa, Cuba. Africa cannot get vaccines and America cannot seem to give them away. To Americans, anyway. It's back to the mask in L.A. County. 30 or 40 or 50 million kids in America still wondering if they will go back to school in the fall. Or if it's another year of solitary confinement. And this is why we should only read the news maybe once a week. Or maybe once a month. It's too much all the time. And 99% of it is completely beyond our control. My control. Your control. Beyond our experience. Our abilities to correct Because no matter what's going on in Miami or Munich, Singapore or Sydney, you and I remain where we are now. And nobody seems to want to give us a pass or a mental health day or whatever because it's all too much. Maybe the Zoomers, the teens, have it the best right now. I don't know. They look pretty smart today, ordering pizzas and playing video games and kind of waiting for the older generations to just go away, one way or another. Send them to space, put them in the ground, whatever it takes. I was talking to this teenager the other day and said something about Olivia Rodrigo managing to visit the White House without the guy sticking his tongue in her ear or whatever. And the teenager says, Neither of those people are even real. what's real and what's close in our desert right now are these near daily major flash floods you see that one in zion national park how about flagstaff where i intended to be this weekend but it's a federal disaster zone and i don't want to get in the way i just wanted to go to some restaurants and walk in the forest Now Flagstaff gets heavy monsoon rains that whole Colorado Plateau. Sometimes you see them hundreds of miles around. Great thunderstorms like tall masted ships moving over the high desert. Sometimes two or three or four big thunderstorms in view. It would take you a whole day to drive between the Navajo Country, Hopi Country, Ute Country, the national parks of southern Utah, and the Grand Canyon get their biggest crowds this time of summer just as the wildest weather rolls in. I always think of Flagstaff as a small town, I guess because compared to Phoenix, it's a small town, but There are nearly 140,000 souls living in and around Flagstaff today. So it's nearly three times bigger than the entire population of the Morongo Basin, including Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree, Twenty-Nine Palms, and all of our exclusive residential communities such as Landers and Wonder Valley. Blackstaff is generally so pleasant in these desert summer months because the whole town's up around 7,000 feet in elevation. With the nearly 13,000-foot peaks of the Kachina Wilderness wrapped around from the north side, a lot of those old buildings downtown are made of the local red sandstone, too. It's all like a dream and vista vision. The Sinagua held this territory for about a thousand years until 1425 or so. Nobody knows what they really called themselves. Sinagua is just Spanish for without water. Yet there's plenty up there today. As Isaac's and across the great Mojave wilderness this has been Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting from Joshua Tree to the whole American desert and beyond thanks to everybody who made their way to 29 Palms for our sold out shows at the 8 29, boy that was fun We'll have some new dates to announce soon, all over the place. I think we're starting the tour in Illinois. No kidding. And pick up a copy of Palm Springs Noir if you can, because it's got a lot of dark, strange desert tales of humans gone wrong. And I've got a story in there called The Loop Trail, You can get the book from Akashic Books. Check your local bookstores. Thanks to Red, Blue, Black, Silver and Herb Benham IV for the live and recorded soundscapes. Thanks to our friends who support the program and share it with their friends. I'm your host, Ken Lane. You know, I try to ignore reviews because you've got to do your work The best you can And you can't worry too much After the fact But somebody reviewed This show on Apple Podcasts And said Quote, could be good Except for the style And the sound And the ravens and all that Well buddy, how'd you end up Listening to something that's so Against your podcast morals So if you like this show, why don't you leave a review? Might as well get some reviews from people who like it, right? Hey, listen, the flash flood stuff is serious. If you see water and debris and stuff moving across the road in front of your car or truck, don't try to be Spider-Man or whatever and get across it. Go another way or wait for the water to go down until you can see the pavement again good to yourselves and your fellow creatures is a good time to put out some fresh water for the wildlife for the birds and good night from the voice of the desert.